Hey there, friends. I am back from my spring tour, finally all clean after a dusty, dirty time at Lightning in a Bottle camping there. Um, What fun to hang out and listen to music and dance and teach adult sex ed and meet a lot of cool people. Thanks to everyone who came out to my class, who said hi, who asked amazing and courageous questions. Um, I love sharing information with you. And I have a question. Would you like to be a sex educator? Would you like to be teaching people about their bodies, empowering them around their sexuality, spreading the good word about sex positivity? Um, Well, I just happen to have a school, the Artemis School for Women's Sexual Wellness, And I'm offering a certification program in women's holistic sexuality. We're starting soon in just a few weeks. June 26th is our first module. Please go to artemisschool.com to find out more info. Um, It's an incredible program and there's so much I could say about it. But I will um, encourage you to go search on your own. Um, And it is very complete in teaching women about their bodies and yeah activating all of us wild women out there so check out artemisschool.com and coming up we have brian reeves on this episode who was one of the presenters at lightning in a bottle festival and i saw him speak on a panel that i think was called love sex and porn and I was just really impressed with what he had to say. And we ended up camping together. We have, turns out we have a bunch of mutual friends. Um, so I invited him to come on and speak a little bit more. And he has a lot of good tidbits about relating and particularly relating sexually and the masculine feminine dynamic. Um, lots of enlightening stuff there. So. Without further ado, I will let you dive in. It's good. Eat it. (laughs) I smell everything. It looks... Like it's good. Eat it. Mingled, but <laughs> it's just because I've been carrying it around. No, no, it it's around. just I, 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 don't often trust healthy chocolates. What? I know, eat it's it. Terrible. Just eat it. <laughs> yeah, I have a very. I'm gonna. Hmm, eat. It's actually pretty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's right. a raw truffle. I mean, how do you go wrong with that? Raw can go wrong very quickly. Raw chocolate. Even absolutely. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, my sister at her wedding, she's all into the raw stuff, and she mm-hmm. had chocolate milk. Mm. I was thinking, oh, this would be amazing, chocolate milk. She had these big jugs of chocolate milk. I'm thinking, you know, YooHoo at the gas station, that kind of mm-hmm. chocolate milk. And, mm-hmm. and I went to drink some of the chocolate milk. It was awful. Well, because it probably had no sweetener whatsoever in it. Right, and they're trying to do milk, but if you just like chocolate in its most pure form with a little you know honey or maple syrup or whatever yeah that's pretty yeah i'm training myself i'm getting there Mm -hmm. okay full sensory experience here (laughs) 
Okay. So, Brian Reeves. How do you... Lara Catone? Lara Catone. Lara Catone. Mm-hmm. The true Italian way would be... Catone. Catone. And you have to use your hands. Yeah. Catone. Yes. Okay. But I haven't fully readopted that yet. <laughs> I might use it a few times during this interview. <laughs> Catone. Lara Catone. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> All my accents end up sounding Indian eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird. So... What are you up to in the world? Oh my goodness, what am I up to in the world? Um, wow, I am up to, I think, wow, how do I say that? So, <coughs> whoa, I just choked on a piece of that raw That's chocolate. Water. Um, I am up to helping men and women wake up to the truth of who we are. Mm. We are some juicy cosmic beings, and I don't mean that in a hippie way. I mean that I'm from the East Coast. I was in the military. Yeah, you're so, <laughs> so not a hippie. I'm so I'll, not a hippie. Thank And I love hippies. Yeah. Nothing wrong. I love my hippie friends, but I'm not a hippie. I might be a closet hippie, but I'm not a hippie. Can we digress with this for a moment? Yeah. Because I was just having this conversation with my roommate, um, who you know, yesterday, and mm-hmm. he he he's like, oh, you're so. He's like, I love. I said something like, oh, Bobby, I, I keep forgetting to take my enzymes <laughs> before I eat, and he's like, oh. I love my hippie <laughs> friends. You're so cute. And I'm uh-huh. like, I, I don't think I'm a hippie. Uh-huh. I, I'm like, I don't think we're hippies. Uh-huh. I think we need a different word. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, we're totally, we're hippies. Uh-huh. And I, so we had this whole debate of like what a hippie is. Right. So yeah, what do you think a hippie is? I think a hippie, uh, a hippie is kind of a human being that's gone feral. Ooh. So, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like totally feral. Like I am going to be so in harmony with the earth. I am going to not shave my anything on my body i'm going to um yeah eat things right out of the ground uh i'm going to i mean what else does a hippie do i mean they use they do downloads from the universe you know instead of downloads from like (laughs) itunes they download shit from the universe (laughs) that's a hippie you know i don't know they have to be like broke and dirty it helps. Yeah. In fact, it's funny. It broke and dirty. So I actually <laughs> created a drink called the Dirty Hippie once. I had some green juice and some vodka. Mm-hmm. You know, a green drink, like just mm-hmm. some vegetable juice. That's a Dirty Hippie. That's pretty. Yeah. So yeah, being broke and dirty is, it's, yeah, most hippies. So I'm I'm yeah. not a hippie because I don't, I, I do shave and wax and trim myself. Yeah, um, you look beautiful. You look, you're very you. radiant. And, thank you. And goddessy in a non-hippie way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. So what the hell are people like me and you maybe? I don't know. What are, like. We are the cultural creatives. Ooh. We are the cultural creatives. We are the people that are on the, kind of the leading edge. We're grounded. See, I think about the, like. When I experience hippies, it's kind of a there's a beautiful kind of almost lack of groundedness in the hippie culture, right? Mm-hmm. And which is beautiful, and we need that, and we wouldn't want to have no hippies on the planet. But I think there's <clears throat> what I really love about, especially the the community that I mostly run in, is we're, we're we're it's like we're hippies at heart, but we're also business people in in the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe in in uh, you know our feet are just firmly on the ground. Like we're in the so-called real world and by real world all I mean is we're plugged into the conversation that the rest of the world is having. And um, but we're creating from a visionary space. 
Mm. So what I love about, especially being in LA, it's like this is an epicenter for people that are are truly grounded and doing doing work in film and entertainment and um, everything from from sexuality to spirituality, but doing it in a way where the rest of the world can hear us because mm-hmm. we're using a language. You know, so I do a lot of uh, coaching and men's work, and and one of the things that I find with particularly in in, in men's work and and transformational work in general is a lot of it's really kind of new agey. Mm-hmm. And they're using language that the rest of the world just is never gonna connect with. Or they're wearing clothing that the rest of the world looks at and goes, hippie. Yeah. I can't hear you anymore. I can't hear you over that loud, flowy, white, you know, sweater you're wearing or, or the, the, the robe that you're wearing. I just can't hear you. I can't hear what you're saying for what you're wearing. And you know, look at me. I'm, a, I'm wearing a you know a blue T-shirt and regular pants and some decent shoes. And and uh, again, I'm from the East Coast. I was in the military. Like I never want to lose the the ability to communicate with the rest of the world because mm-hmm. my language is so jargony or so new agey or spiritually or or out there otherworldly that people just don't they can't they can't really get the gift. And that's not really the mission either, is it? Because that kind of uh, new agey, hippie, spiritual vibe to me is like, you know, it's like that comes out of the counterculture where we got the word hippies where people mm-hmm. are like, and this is what I was saying to my roommate, people were, were not actually fully participating. They were dropping out. Right, they right. were wanting to escape right. and drop out. And yeah. we're like, no, we want to dig in yeah. deep and shake it up and and be really human yeah and realize something much bigger than that that's a great distinction yeah we're not there's no dropping out at all there's really plugging in but plugging in with a with a bigger vision with a really with a heart-centered vision and mission and 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 I also liken it to um, it's like I'm not against anything at least I try my best not to be I really just want to be for stuff mm-hmm. I want to create what I'm passionate and excited about and and you know, take all of the, the 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 spirituality that I've learned in my journey in terms of of embracing life and and the oneness of things. But now let's let's dig into the duality of of life and really play in that world and but but create again from a bigger vision. You know, like the work that I'm doing uh, in in my coaching work and the work when I work with couples. Um, what I what I love about this work, and I'm sure maybe this is the segue into our conversation now, but sexuality. There's so much confusion and we're so disoriented around who are we in these bodies. Mm-hmm. And, and especially, I think, in the, in the, in the so-called spiritual community and, and, and uh, certainly for my whole life, um, again, even just being from the East Coast, I was taught that we're all supposed to be the same. Like culturally, men, women, we're the same. Mm. We're, we're equal and that means we're also the same. I know we have different genitalia, but other than that, we should all be the same. I mean, mm-hmm. men, women, we can all do the same things. Um, women can take care of themselves. They don't need men anymore. And that's a good thing. And it is a good thing. And uh, But what that all results in is we're the same. And then you throw in the spiritual seeking conversation, the oneness, you know, the power of now. Everything is happening now. And let's just, uh, uh, Byron Katie's work, loving what is, just embracing everything, doing the work, questioning our thoughts, all of this, you know, the, the seven habits of spiritual people are what I think I conflate. I think seven I conflate. habits <laughs> of successful people. Or, yeah. That was Stephen Covey. And then oh. there's the seven <laughs> laws of spiritual, whatever it was. Yeah. Deepak and uh, the whole, that whole world is all about 
individual self-actualization and in that world our relationships are kind of fucked Hmm. in the self oh in the broader culture well yeah well definitely in the broader culture but even i think in the spiritual community Uh even in people that are on the the so-called spiritual path and i say so-called just because the word spiritual has all kinds of Mm -hmm. you know baggage with it and um, but but even on that 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 journey of self-actualization, we have men and women that are that are that are claiming independence and claiming and, and growing into their own wholeness and, and reclaiming wholeness, which is beautiful. But then we try to do relationships with each other. We try to do this intimate dance and we're coming together as two supposedly whole people that don't need each other in any way and really um, are, are showing up wanting to show up independent. And that shit doesn't fucking work mm. because it's like I use the yin yang symbol a lot um, to describe that dynamic masculine, feminine, yin yang. And what ha- what's what's happening is we've done a bypass where all we want to focus on is the the oneness, the circle. Like mm. the yin yang makes a circle, and we want to focus on the circle aspect. You know, uh, the oneness that we want to transcend everything. Or, or um, again, it's like we're we're all one. That thing, and. What about that juicy dynamic in the middle? Mm-hmm. That's what about the shit. That? What about mm-hmm. that? <laughs> I bypassed that my whole life in search of oneness. And fuck, my relationships with women were terrible mm-hmm. because I had no clue. I, had, I just, I bypassed that the, the yin yang masculine feminine dynamic. And so, you know, having woken up to that these past few years and just seeing culturally the disorientation of, of, it doesn't even matter if you're in the spiritual community or not. We just, we've done a bypass and, and we're suffering for it. Okay, so tell me about that juicy dance of, we can call it masculine, feminine. I want to come up with all the terms other than masculine and feminine we can use too sure. at some point. But, yeah. but, and like there's something really useful about masculine and feminine. Yeah. This is always a debate I'm having. Like, I want to shed these terms and I also am, am increasingly embracing them yeah. because because it shows the dance of polarity or yin and yang um, push and pull um, that spark right penetrate surrender mm-hmm. absolutely and and it's I, I look at it as, it's just a map yeah, it's just a map. It's just a way of making some kind of sense about what's happening in this moment, and and what do I want to experience? You know, so masculine and feminine dynamics. I mean, again, I would enter into relationships. I was brought up by strong women, surrounded by strong women. Two moms and three sisters. I had two Are your fathers. Moms lesbians? No. Okay. Not as far as I know. Okay. But I my moms were married to my dads, but. Uh, it was really my two mothers who were the strong role models in my life. So you had like a communal household? Not at all. I'm trying to understand right. how you have two moms <laughs> and two dads. I mean like They lived step separate. Families? All step families. Okay. No, my I, mom was married to my stepfather. My dad was married to my stepmom. Okay. Got it. I mostly grew up with my mom and stepfather. But my stepfather, good man, he was an alcoholic and kind of a wreck mm. um, as, a, as a man growing up, you know, very disoriented and, and uh, um, just, and then my father was mostly a fantasy from the time I was four. So well, my stepmother was this amazing visionary woman that, you know, just kind of held things together for that family. And my mom over here held things together for my, the family I grew up in. And I just grew up with these amazing women. And so, yeah, I went into 
uh, relationships with women and I'm, I'm totally skipping over the military part of my life, which told, which even further disoriented we'll, me we'll around masculine. There. We'll go back Because, well, like, I went into the military, and so I already had a warped... At 18? Like, right out of high school? Well, 17, I went to college. I went to ROC, ROTC, and mm-hmm. then I graduated, and I went active duty for five years. Wow. So I was in the Air Force, and so it was a 10-year experience of being really in the military, and... and so I grew up with kind of the, a disoriented, as a lot of us do, I grew up with a hmm, kind of a warped and confused version of masculine love from the men in my life, from the elders in my life. And then I went into the military, which, again, talk about a warped a version of masculinity. I just was even further disoriented in the military around this, what is masculinity? What does it mean to be masculine? And then like a lot of men, I rejected it because I saw how distasteful it was being expressed distastefully. And so, you know, I get out at 26 years old, totally disoriented around masculinity, much more identified with femininity because of all the women I was surrounded by. Um, but that wasn't really true in my core in terms of how I want to give my love in the world. My, my, my gift of love isn't really a feminine gift. Mm-hmm. It's more a masculine gift. It's my strength. It's my, that, that clarity of direction and that drive and that ambition and that, that hunger for, for, to achieve a mission. I mean, that's, that's the gift that I have that, that, you know, I love producing events more than participating in them. You know, it's like holding the container for life to happen. That's my thrill. And so, um, but I was totally disoriented around that. So then I tried to do relationships with women and I really, you know, I expected women to be able to take care of themselves. And I expected women, which again, it's not a bad thing. It's really a good thing that women can take care of themselves. But the thing is I refused to show up for them Uh beyond that. It's like, you got you and I got me. When we'll meet in the middle and make magic. Mm-hmm. But the magic never happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no fucking magic in that arrangement. Mm-hmm. There's just two people playing it safe. Yeah. Not really giving the gift of their love to each other. Okay. So let's break this down a little break bit. So I totally relate to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been there many times. And what, so what does it look like? So two people playing it safe to... Mm-hmm independent beings who maybe feel whole but like really as we wanted to find it are not in their wholeness because they're not fully aligned in their essence right um and that can work right it can work on and yet not be fully experiencing the relationship or fully experience the possibilities in sexual connection or love um so what does the other side look like when you actually are coming yeah well we we can frame it like this too uh and this is from david data's work about Mm -hmm. the three stages of intimacy Mm -hmm. right so stage one is a codependent relationship that's where i'm all i'm concerned with is getting my needs met right it's all about me um uh in, in stage one that's that codependent experience so um I'll show up in relationship as long, only if you're meeting my needs, right? And I'll manipulate you or control you. That's where you got a lot of the power dynamics mm-hmm. that, that take place in relationship. And, and over time, we realize that that doesn't work. That doesn't feel good. 
Again, that's where men control women's bodies. That's where women manipulate men for, uh, with sex for resources, for example. Yeah, transactional sex. Very transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, which can be very potent because the polarity in that dynamic is very strong, can be very potent, but it is, again, it's explosive. Right, because the, again of the power struggle there. So anyway, then we come into this stage too, and that's what we're talking about. That's where we're not going to do that dance anymore. I'm going to be independent, and you be independent. We're not going to be codependent anymore because that was horrible. So now we're going to play it safe. I got me, you got you, and we'll. Whilst we'll, there's still a negotiation that happens, I want my needs met, and I'll meet yours here. We're, we're still doing this kind of safe dance, right? And ultimately, the the, the thing in in that that experience is that something in us is left deeply unfulfilled because we're still focused so much on what am I getting? What am I getting from this? And when we really think about it, the happiest that we've ever been in our lives is when we gave everything of ourselves, Mm -hmm. is when we showed up, not not in a self-abusive way, but where we just, you know, where we give. Where we give of our love, whether it's you know cooking meals for someone in a, at a at a homeless kitchen, or just being an artist and just giving this amazing art to the world, or a song, whether it's a song or a painting or a dance, or right, just giving our gift, and and that's what happens in this third stage experience where we realize that it doesn't matter what I get from my partner; it's never going to be enough. Mm. I'm always going to be left unsatisfied on some level. If I'm when I'm focused on getting because I'd may get in this moment but then there's the next moment it's like I got to keep getting to satisfy to scratch that itch and no human being can meet that level of demand mm-hmm. right so that's why relationships are kind of the way we practice them they're per, they're perpetually dissatisfying on some level because we're focused on what we're getting and so when third stage and we wake up to that and we're like, oh, all that there is left to do is to just give my love, to just show up and give my gift. My whole body relaxes when you say that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel when I say it, I can feel the relaxation in my body. It's like, oh, it's, there's a, it's surrender. Yeah, that's true surrender. That's whether masculine or feminine, it's surrendering to 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 the offering of my love in the way that is that is true for me mm-hmm. right and that's in that in that dynamic of 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 yin yang masculine feminine shiva shakti whatever we want to talk about i mean that's where magic happens when two people come together in in mutual surrender to offer the gift of their love mm-hmm. i mean that's the, that's the juice right there mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so can you give like a real world example of what that looks like. Um, well, I I haven't I I can't say I've lived it over an extended period of time, but I've certainly in these last few years as I've been waking up to how selfish I've been in my I can shit I can give you examples of where you know stage one stage two shit I mean my whole life is what I practice that is so much and um, and I think yeah. Get sexually, we do that sexually all the time. So much of the sexual experience is, is, and it's it's we're clever about it because, you know, men. I'll speak for men. Um, a lot of men will say we want to please a woman, but we're pleasing her to make ourselves look good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, we're outcome oriented 
I got to make sure you have an orgasm. Because if you don't, you're going to tell all your girlfriends <laughs> and you might not want to sleep with me again. My ego will My be hurt. My ego will be hurt. Exactly. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I don't do this with women, but, but I, I imagine that it happens a lot where if you don't have an orgasm, the guy is disappointed or upset. Oh, yes. Like you have to have an orgasm yes. or this isn't complete. Yes. I that's can, huge. I can feel me wanting that because I can feel the ego in it. Yeah. But I, I know better than to die for that, let's mm-hmm. say. Because mm-hmm. that's all outcome. Mm-hmm. That's all masculine. That's a masculine way of doing sex. And it's very selfish. It's very stage one or stage two. I my, it's, like, it's fascinating. My need. Can we say it's, di- sorry to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah, please. Can we say it's distorted masculine? Sure. What did I say? Well, you said it's a masculine way of doing sex, which I get because oh, okay. it's goal-oriented. Yeah. And so the masculine it's immature. I would wants, say it's immature. Yeah, immature masculine. I would say immature. Yeah, yeah. great. Okay. Yeah, it's all, yeah. Because, the, so the mature masculine would just come with an offering, a gift, right? Mm-hmm. And and would hold that, like, you know, if he's giving a woman pleasure, like, hold that space for her so purely and steadily um, without needing that outcome. And and absolutely, and he's dancing with her, mm-hmm. so he's feeling into her moment to moment, mm-hmm. rather than just um, okay, I'm gonna fuck her like this because I know that'll lead to something. Or, but it's like every moment, tuning in, being able to feel her. A lot of men make love and they don't feel their partners. It's all they feel their own cocks, and that's about it, mm-hmm. right? I've had uh, had a friend of mine tell me this just a few days ago. How uh, loves her man, but when they have sex, it's dissatisfying because she can't really feel him. Mm-hmm. Well, because he, yeah, because he's not feeling. He's her. not feeling her. Yeah, that's exactly right. He's not feeling her. He's not even in his body. He's just momentarily dropped down into his balls so that he can have an orgasm, mm-hmm. right? But he's not really feeling her. And I think in that in that dance of sexuality where where the masculine partner is really showing up with their love. It's not that they're, they're moment by moment feeling into her. What does she need in this moment to relax, to open even further, right? Because just one subtle little thing, you know, I can stick my finger in my ear while we're making love and that'll, that'll cause you to, to sort of collapse a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just the silly little thing like that or, mm-hmm. or, Right and and the, and and a, a masculine lover who's developed that maturity and sensitivity for his partner will be able to feel into what's happening to her and 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 then touch her, move her. Um, and one of the most exquisite moments that I had making love to a woman in recent memory was when we were making love and she just simply said, "Move me however you want me." Mm. She's like, "I surrender to you." That was so fucking hot, <laughs> right? She was just like, move me. She's like, I'm yours, move me, right? And so that, but I gotta be thoughtful about that. I can't just, you know, flip her like a pancake and manhandle <laughs> her in this way where I'm not sensitive to what, but the reason she was able to even to go there is because she could trust me enough mm-hmm. to say, okay, this guy's got me right now. Mm-hmm. And I, but it's still a moment by moment dance because mm-hmm. in the next moment I can completely turn her off or even open her further mm-hmm. right and that I think is the that's the masculine feminine dance during lovemaking being that sensitive moment to moment and it can go just <clears throat> it can go both ways because as a woman 
who loves to give butt play to male partners. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's very receptive, right? So I just want to say that we can all embody like that attunement and in, in, in that position, I might be more in my masculine mm-hmm. and he might be more in his feminine. Um, because, you know, to do anal penetration, mm-hmm. you have to be really tuned in. Uh, and you I think every even. I think every man should be anally penetrated. I'm uh-huh. just going on the record to say <laughs> that because then you'll understand, uh-huh. you know, you'll uh-huh. understand what it takes mm-hmm. to open, yeah. to trust, yeah. to surrender. Um, and anyways, so I was just thinking... That we can we can play we can dance like it's not always the man doesn't always Absolutely. have to be in the masculine sure. the feminine doesn't always have to be in the ma- feminine in the way that we're describing it it, it it is a dance and like you know it's lovely when someone when either partner can just receive and the other partner can tune in and dance with them. Absolutely. There's definitely, it's definitely not about which genitalia do you have Mm -hmm. in terms of masculine and feminine. And that's why I think, you know, maybe other terms might be helpful because we do associate masculine with man and feminine with woman and it's not that. However, I will say, um, it's so, you have to be, these, these dynamics though, I think are so subtle that you got to be really be careful with them because I had an experience also where I was making love to a woman and she did something with her body Mm. She literally, uh, I guess I kind of got to get a little graphic to tell the story. Great. We love graphic. Because <laughs> it's really instructive. Uh, it's really instructive. So we were making love, and it was wonderful. And um, at one point, so I, she was on her stomach, and I was on top of her, um, behind her, obviously. And we were both, both lying down fully prone, and I was making love to her <clears throat> from behind. And suddenly she, our feet were kind of, you know, our feet were kind of, you know, flopping around with each other and kind of, you know, doing that thing that feet do. It's so (laughs) lovely. I love it. But then all of a sudden her feet kind of locked in underneath my feet Mm. and she kind of jammed her feet against my feet as though she was acting like a floor for me to stand on. Hmm. And she held strong and almost like (sighs) there was something in... I mean, we're, we're on a podcast, so you can't really see what I'm doing, but you know, like you give me your hand and like, if that's your foot, your foot is now on top of my foot mm. or, or, but you're, you're my foot and I'm her foot Okay. and she's pressing up Right. and I'm, and she's like, creating yeah, resistance. creating resistance and like helping me. It's like helping. I felt, it almost felt like all of a sudden I felt like it was like someone helping me up on a counter that I was too small to get up on. Mm-hmm. Right. They're like helping me up. It felt so uh, what is the word? It was it was awful. Emasculating. I don't want to use that word, yeah. but that's what it was. Yeah. It felt like I don't need your help to do this. Mm. It felt like um, it was so it was such a like I, it was a visceral turnoff to my body mm-hmm. because in that moment I felt like she kind of offered was offering a masculine mm. gift in our lovemaking. I, that I didn't want. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a second. This is my role. This is what. This is my joy right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not that 
she couldn't do that, but it's almost like if you're going to do that, I need some heads up so that I can, yeah. I need, there needs to be a little transition time because it was like all of a sudden now there's two men making love and that just doesn't interest me. Yeah. It was really, it was just something about, I had to like, I, I, I sort of <laughs> had let it go on for a few seconds. And I was like, yucky. So what do you, okay, so this is also <laughs> instructive. What do you do in that moment to change it? Because you know, one option is like, it's done, it's over, forget mm -hmm. about it, mm -hmm. which also doesn't feel good for either party nope. usually. So how do you well, shift I, in that I, moment? I just brushed it off. I just like broke, I just broke what she was doing. I've just kind of got my feet out of there. It's like, you know, I kind of slapped her ass a little, oh wow, that was exciting. <laughs> kind of slapped her ass a little bit just to sort of, you know, reestablish a kind of a, a spark. Cause it, it, it was almost like, yeah, it was like, it was like the spark got thrown off for a minute, but I was like, no, I'm going to bring that shit back. And so I just kind of slapped her on the ass and kind of, you know, reestablished what dominance in a loving way. And that's yeah. the thing. There's, there's, we can do this connected to our hearts or disconnected from mm. heart. That's a big difference. I mean, when we're connected to heart, oh my God, the play is delicious. Mm -hmm. And we can we can play with domination and surrender and, and, and all of that and it's a beautiful dance of love versus when we're disconnected from heart, it's just two bodies in a power struggle that, you know, I mean, it has some animal thrill to it, but it's all, it's an experience that most of us don't really enjoy mm -hmm. in a deep level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in that moment, cause I, I could recognize what was happening and I, I just, you know, just brush it off. Some mm -hmm. people would collapse and they just stay there. Like, Ooh, what was that? And then they just ruminate in that and they get lost. Like you said, and then it's over mm -hmm. and everyone's upset. We don't, we don't even know what just happened. Yeah. But we don't like it and we don't feel good. Now we don't like each other. Mm -hmm. We're totally depolarized. But, you know, I mean, with self-awareness and mindfulness, like, okay, I saw what happened. Fuck that. Just brush it off and smack her on the ass a few times and we're <laughs> back in the saddle. Let her know who's in charge. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, we've all had those experiences where all of a sudden the the chem like what yeah. most people might call the chemistry or that attraction or whatever like all of a sudden zip and like yeah it can happen in a moment's notice where something shifts and it just the tiniest isn't thing working yeah the tiniest so we thing. can stay in it for sure and i think i think a lot of men are especially again it's really masculine partners but people that are more identified with masculine we've not developed the sensitivity to our partners mm. to know what we're doing i, I hear a lot of, of women faking orgasm mm -hmm. i believe that that's because their partner can't fucking feel them yeah so these women are like well i'm just going to get this over with because he clearly doesn't know really what's going on here mm -hmm. so i'm going to just fake it because i don't know what else to do yeah Right, but when a man f really feels you, there's nothing to fake. Whether you have an orgasm or not, it's not even you know, it's not even an issue. I mean, it, orgasms are great, and I all, would love for my partners to have them. Um, but it, that's not the point. My orgasm isn't even the point mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. of any sexual interaction. So, I mean, in that place and really doing that dance and learning to feel each other and and uh, yeah, I think that's 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 one of the one of the opportunities or invitations that 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 masculine oriented people really we need to step into more mm -hmm. to be able to feel our partners because it's also about feeling the world mm -hmm. feeling our communities feeling i mean i think I, I what i love about what you and i are doing is it's yeah okay so we talk about sexuality a lot and intimacy but this is this is so much bigger than that this is about how our governments function 
how nations communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, we right now in our in our politics, we have a government that can't work with itself because it's run by a bunch of immature adolescent psychology boys mm-hmm. in male bodies. Yeah, a lot of nar- narcissists and people who don't have the capacity for empathy. I mean, there's been right. studies on this, yeah. right? Um, so when you talk about feeling, that makes me think of like empathy mm-hmm. and emotion, which men have been trained out, out of. of. Yeah. 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 Okay. So are we talking about the sex diet? Well, I, I think maybe we should. This is a good, okay. because, because again, this, the, the sex diet, uh, it's a, a book that I wrote a couple years ago, the sex, dating, flirting, hunting, and hoping diet. And this was all born out of my experience, again, seeing how I was really using women, not just sexually, but energetically, mm-hmm. to feel better about myself, right? Using, uh, whether it's flirting or just getting attention or affection or being whatever, I noticed that I had this story of, of no woman equals no self-worth. Mm. Right, and I think a lot of that run, runs rampant in in masculine psychology. That that I, my 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 self worth comes from how many women or how well I do women, hmm. and that again, it's all about me. And that your orgasm is actually all about me still, right? And so, um, or your happiness or you smiling is all about me. It's not about you. I don't really care if you smile for the sake of you. I just care because it reflects well on me. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. This keeps coming up. It's like everybody else's stuff has nothing to do with you. You are like your own person. I mean, Mm -hmm. if we could all wake up to that and Mm -hmm. like not put you made me feel this or you, you know, I mean, I'm working on it in my own life. Mm -hmm. Um, But to really that's like real self-actualization, you know, being able to love without expectations, right. without these stories of this is how you should right. be, right? Yeah. Well, absolutely. And there's a, there's a beautiful paradox here as well that that when when we're talking about giving the gift of our love and showing up in the world and really just just loving, offering our gift, we run into a lot of paradox. And I'll explain what I mean by that. And I, and I use this especially in the context of uh, when I'm working with men in their relationship to women. The, the paradox is, it's true. I'm not responsible for your experience. That's all you. I mean, you, I can do the same thing to two different people, and those two different people will respond completely differently, right? So that's true. And the paradox is, though, how I show up absolutely matters. Mm-hmm. Mm. It both doesn't matter, and it totally matters. And, I, and I'll, I'll make that real in the context of like a, a heterosexual relationship, a man and a woman. So a lot of men, and I'm speaking about my own experience, my own journey, but a lot of men were, we care so much about what you think and feel about us. All we do is care. And so what happens is though, <clears throat> when you think or feel something towards me that I don't like, I collapse. I can't deal with that. I will, I will, I go into my fight or flight mode or freeze, mm-hmm. right? So I'll either try to fight you and get you to think differently. 
um, or I'll try to, you know, I'll try to just kind of calm you down, shut you up, shrink you, do something so that I get you back into this place where I can, I can kind of deal with where you're coming from. And if I can't do that, I'll slam to the opposite extreme and I won't fucking care at all. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like my, it's my flight. I'll run away. Mm-hmm. That's, I'll check out. I call it, I call it male checkout syndrome. Right? So it's like we kind of live in one of those two places. I either, all I do is care, in which case I'm a, I'm just, I'm a mess myself because I can't possibly expect you to always think good things about me. Uh, or I don't care at all, in which case I'm a cold, unfeeling asshole. Right? Mm-hmm. The paradox is being able to hold both of those at the same time. Mm. To be able, for me to show up powerfully in relationship with a woman, I have to be able to care so deeply and not care at all. Mm-hmm. I'd be able to, I have to be able to hold both of those. Because if, again, if all I do is care, you're gonna knock me off my rocker like that. Yep. Just, just, just one bad look at me and I'm fucking done for, right? Ver- or if I don't care at all, then you're not going to feel me. I'm gone. You can't touch me, and that's going to be miserable for both of us. But being able to hold both of those at the same time, to be able to, to be in your presence and care and love you and fucking, not just love you, but fucking love you and not care at all about what you think about me and what you feel about, that's the only way that I can really continue to show up for you and not be destabilized by by whatever you're going through or your emotional stuff or your... What, whatever's happening for you. That, that's the only way that I can really hold you and be that strong center. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And what I'm seeing, it's like the polarity within oneself. It's like creating this mm-hmm. this uh, almost dance or, yeah, polarity within oneself of like meeting in this middle place. And like that's where that's where I feel power. Like what you're describing, like, oh, yeah, that's what feels like power masculine power totally yeah totally and and you know coming back to the sex diet thing and and what i had noticed is all i did was care Mm. and so if if i wasn't getting affection or attention something from a woman then i felt like shit i didn't feel good i I just felt empty Mm -hmm. it was and it didn't feel good and so i would i would either date women or whatever i mean anything from just you know loitering in the produce section at Whole Foods, you know, <laughs> hoping to get the attention of this hot girl over there, you know, perusing bananas, whatever. Um, I would leak my energy everywhere, just trying to get some kind of some kind of feedback from a woman so I could feel good about myself. And so <clears throat> I noticed how empty that experience was, how unfulfilling it was. And, and I, I dated someone around that time, this amazing woman. I only dated, we dated for like a month, but it was, it, I, I was using her. Mm. She was wonderful. And it, I just, I didn't know how else to do it at that time. It was like, that's all I knew. And so I did this diet of 30 days. It was like, I'm, she and I stopped seeing each other because I just couldn't show up for her because it was all about me. <clears throat> and I stopped, I just cut myself off from, Everything that I had been doing to get energy from women uh, stopped flirting, no asking for phone numbers, no no loitering, that kind of thing, you know, no loitering in the produce section, no loitering after yoga class, no, you know, <laughs> just no, definitely no sex. Just um, I'm just going to be with myself and I'm not going to even allow myself to do all those other things that I was doing to get energy from women in the world around me. And it was horrifying, Lara. 
Mm. It was horrifying. The first seven days were a fucking nightmare. Mm. I was so addicted mm. to just the hope, even just the hope that any minute there'd be a woman show up to kind of rescue me from my emptiness. Mm. Um, that when I took away the hope, it's like, no, you don't even get the hope of this for 30 days. It was like, <gasps> I felt like I was gonna die. Wow. <clears throat> and it's funny, I've gotten feedback from other people when they hear about this. They're like, yeah, man, I couldn't even do that for seven days. Mm-hmm. Men and women, like the thought of, oh my God, not doing the things that I normally do. Like there's one woman who, uh, she was in England and she would walk through this park where she knew men would notice her. And that's the only reason she walked through the park was to get the attention of these men because it made her feel better. And when she realized, oh, I can't do that on this day, well, how, well what's going to happen? How am I going to feel good about myself? Mm-hmm. Right? It's kind of horrifying. Mm-hmm. So I, I did that for, it ended up being 37 days because I fell off the wagon on day seven. Mm. And I, I fell on top of a lovely woman. <laughs> so you had to start over. So I did start over. Good for you. And I'll tell you, it was exhilarating. There was one point about halfway through because here I, here I was, I just got to allow my sexual energy to just be, I mean, I had no choice. It's like, there it is. And I wasn't, there was no hope even that a, that any other woman would do anything about it. Because I just, that was off the table. Mm-hmm. So I just got to be with it. It's like, okay, there it is. I am mm-hmm. horny. I remember walking through the Whole Foods actually in, in Venice, the one uh, on uh, Lincoln and Rose. Where all the beautiful people Holy are. shit, there's so many fucking hot <laughs> They should just have, <laughs> I think they should have a singles mixer every evening. Oh my I God, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. <sighs> Wow. So I'm walking <laughs> through Whole Foods and with all this sexual energy and I'm not loitering. Like I'm on my mission. I'm just like, I'm here to get groceries. I'm here to do what I'm here to do. And I'm not going to loiter. And I, yeah, I might notice a beautiful woman, but I'm not going to linger. Laura, I wanted, I wanted to fuck everything. Mm-hmm. I was, my sexuality was so alive. It was wonderful. Cause I just got to, I was just like, well, I'm just going to allow it. What else can I do with it? I'm just going to allow it. Yeah. Ooh. It was, me excited. it was yeah. so alive. I yeah. literally remember walking. I'll never forget it because it was like I literally wanted to just I was like the, what's beautiful about this. It wasn't that I just wanted to put my penis in a vagina. I wanted it was like in that moment I felt I was it's like my energy field was so huge. I was fucking the world with my presence. Yes, that's what was that's what I felt. Uh-huh. And that is exhilarating. So before that, it was just like do you, were you afraid to contain that? Do you think it's like people are afraid to hold that, to be with that level of desire and wanting in the body, of, of aliveness in the body, or? Well, I, I think I've just been, I trained myself to get it out of my body as soon as possible. Right. To, to, to fuck it, masturbate it, sports it, work it, something, get it out. This energy is in my body. I got to get it out. If I'm horny, I need to fucking masturbate. Mm-hmm. I got to get it out. Mm-hmm. I've just been trained. I mean, since I was a child, when I first started learning to jack off, I, I just was, I didn't even need it. I just needed a piece of paper, mm-hmm. you know, with a picture on it and yep. not even that so much at that age. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so no, it was just, it was just, I think there's just a training. And I think in men, when we feel that sexual energy in our body, it's like, I have to do something with this. Mm-hmm. Whether it's masturbate or, or 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 get a woman into bed, I got to do something with this. One of my favorite quotes is uh, Byron Katie. She said, "Just because a man has an erection doesn't mean we have to do anything with it." Yeah, it's mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. 
That's really powerful. It's very powerful for women to take that in and mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. For ap- yeah. Sure. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's a, it's a whole different experience with women. That that one sentence with women, that even for men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I know women, I, I think you get that put on you a lot by men that, hey, I this is happening for me. You need to do something about it. Yeah, not not even by men, but for ourselves because we want to please, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And you know, biologically, biochemically, there might be something there, like where we we're kind of wired for that exchange yeah. to to please someone, um, to take care of, yeah. and we're also cultured in that way. Um, so yeah, and like that's what we see. That's the dominant sexuality that's out there. There's an erection, then you know that needs to ha- have an orgasm and ejaculation. Like right. clearly, like that. Those are the steps. What else do we do? Right. Right. What else? What else is there? Right. Rather mm. than yeah, being with that potency, right. like literally and metaphorically. <laughs> and I in 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 men. I think culture-wide, again, because we're so masculine-oriented, outcome-oriented, we're addicted to or- we're addicted to ejaculation. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not complete until there's ejaculation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and orgasm and ejaculation are two separate right. functions. So we should yeah. just say that for yeah. people who don't know that you c- they're yeah. two separate nerve pathways. That's right. Mm-hmm. They That's can right. be separated out. And most male bodies have been trained orgasm ejaculation is the same thing like our whole our nervous system has been programmed to just ejaculate through our genitals and that's and that's the orgasm mm-hmm. and there's no there's nothing else and you know i'm waking up to a whole new world of possibility for for what orgasm can be in a in a male body mm-hmm. uh, i've never been in a woman's body well that's i've never had a woman <laughs> i've never ha- had a female orgasm in my body so i don't know what that's like for you all um but I know for a man's body, it's like just, yeah, I got to get this out. And it comes out through my genitals. But there's a whole other way of circling that energy, of, of cycling that energy up and, and, and creating full body orgasms that don't involve actual ejaculation. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to ejaculate nearly as much as we do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's a whole, whole exciting world of... So we're running out of time quickly and I could talk to you yeah. forever, it feels like. Um, but I want to get to the other side. So once you do your 30 days, yes. then how do you reintegrate? How do you reintegrate? It, uh, giant orgy. <laughs> no, it's not true. Um, Sounds fun, though. It does. Uh, <laughs> no, what, what, ha- what, what, what I love about this diet is it's really like pressing the reset button, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's all, all the work that I do, I think, my whole life, and, and this diet is the same. It's, it's all about coming home to myself. Well, all the work that any of us are doing, we're just trying to come home to ourselves. And this diet was a, was an opportunity for me to learn how to be with my sexuality and be with myself without needing a woman or anything outside of me to make me feel better. So when it was over, um, I just felt I just felt really deeply content. Mm. I, I discovered a few things about myself during that process. One, you know, I saw there was a lot of sexual shame that I was carrying. Um, there was, I was just really fucking lonely. The lifestyle I'd created is, I have amazing friends and amazing community, but I think, you know, and men especially, we, we tend to isolate mm. a lot. And I, I, I do that. And I really got to see that. And I would use women as a little palliative for my isolation. 
you know, rather than really creating community and, and participating in tribe and, and building something, it was just like, well, I'll just use a woman for today. I'll feel better. And then, you know, I'll worry. And then I'll go back to my cave for a couple of days. Right. Mm-hmm. So I got to see that. And, um, uh, and I just, I got to see how addicted to hope I was. So I got to look at all that. And so after 37 days, it's like, wow, it was just, it was a mindfulness practice. And so I came out of it and it's just like, okay, I was breathing deeper. You know, I could see, I could, I could not engage in those old energy leaking things anymore. So, you know, I just, I just, I just kind of came home to myself a bit more. And, and the way that I then showed up with women and in, in, in my life is just like, I just, I had myself. Mm-hmm. I just, I just felt, I just felt cleaner, more grounded, you know, and I wasn't engaging in the chasing that I had been doing. There's, I mean, there's fun, heart centered, true, authentic, like pursuing, but then there's just chasing to fill an emptiness. Mm-hmm. Right. And I got to really see the difference between those two. It was really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so is your book, your story or and or is it like instructive? it's a guide it's, it's actually a, there's practices oh it's like, a total guide okay yeah so really the book is for anyone who wants to do this themselves okay it's it's essentially a, a, a there's a pledge in it about what you're going to be doing for the next 30 days there's basically all of the guidelines that i recommend to really do, create this container powerfully for yourself and on my website on my homepage, uh, you can sign up to actually guide you through a 30-day practice of doing this, um, emails just to support you, things to look out for, things that you can do with your time mm-hmm. <laughs> now that you're not leaking mm. so much energy everywhere. Mm. Um, uh, it's a free thing that I offer on my website, uh, Brian Reeves, B-R-Y-A-N Reeves.com. And because it's a powerful experience. So yeah, no, the book is all, it's for you. Um, it's fun. You know, my my writing style is playful and irreverent and uh, and and and, I, and juicy as well. I mean, we talk about masturbation uh, in the book. Um, talk about, I mean, everything from from how are you dressing and why are you dressing the way you're dressing? Are you dressing to get attention? Mm. Are you dressing because it's just an authentic expression of your love? Right? It's just just because this is the gift you want to give the world, or are you dressing because you really want people to look at you? because it makes you feel better about yourself right all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. really it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a month of deep mindfulness around how are you offering and and demanding sexuality hmm. and for men or women men or women for yeah. both absolutely because yeah. we all do this oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I think we're going to be good friends, Brian. I think so, too. Laracatone. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, will you come back again? I would love to. Okay. Love what you're doing. Okay, Big fan. cool. Um, any last final thoughts? Um. Well, I mean, you know, if we knew how to do all this stuff better, we'd fucking do it better. So I just want everyone to just let's have compassion for ourselves, for our partners. I really believe in the in the innocence of us all just because we're ignorant. We just don't know. So listening to this podcast, you know, I'm learning every day. I always have an edge. I'm always exploring and pushing myself to, to wake up to new to bigger, bigger, more expansive realities. And, 
you know, we're all innocent in our ignorance. If you remember nothing else from this interview but that, mm. just to, to have some compassion for yourselves and others, we're all, we're all waking up together. Have fun out there. Mm. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Lila. <laughs>